Hello, and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. This sermon was preached on October 4th, 2020, for the 18th Sunday after Pentecost, and continuing in our ser- sermon series on the book of Job, Finding Peace in an Unpredictable Path. This week's focus is on how God is in control. And it's based on some words from one of Job's friends in Job 36, beginning at verse 26. We'll read those words now. How great is God beyond our understanding. He draws up the drops of water, which distill as rain to the streams. The the clouds pour down their moisture and abundant showers fall on mankind. Who can understand? how he spreads out the clouds, how he thunders from his pavilion. See how he scatters his lightning about him, bathing the depths of the sea. This is how he governs the nations and provides food in abundance. He fills his hands with lightning and commands it to strike its mark. His thunder announces the coming storm. Even the cattle make known its approach. At this, my heart pounds and leaps from its place, Listen, listen to the roar of his voice, to the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the ends of the earth. After that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. He says to the snow, fall on the earth. And to the rain shower, be a mighty downpour, so that everyone he has made may know his work. He stops all people from their labor. The animals take cover. They remain in their dens. The tempest comes out of its chamber, the cold from the driving winds. The breath of God produces ice, and the broad waters become frozen. He loads the clouds with moisture. He scatters his lightning through them. At his direction they swirl around over the face of the whole earth to do whatever he commands them. He brings the clouds to punish people or to water his earth and show his love. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Do you know what quid pro quo means? It's an old Latin phrase, and and even though it's in a different language, I bet you can understand. Quid pro quo literally means this for that. Conversationally, we might say, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Quid pro quo then refers to a, a social contract, whether it's written down on paper or unspoken, yet still understood. An example. If I head out on a holiday and ask my neighbor to take my garbage to the curb while I'm away, it's perfectly reasonable for him to expect me to return the favor when he goes on holiday. He does something for me, I do something for him. Quid pro quo. That's the way the world works. Or at least that's the way we want the world to work. How would you feel if your neighbor borrowed your toolbox every weekend for a year, and the one time you need to borrow something from him, 
he says no. You'd be outraged, right? It's not fair. We had a deal, even if we never said it out loud. Quid pro quo, man. If, if you won't give me the quo, I'm not going to give you the quid. That's what we do in this world. Is that what we do in our hearts with God? Do you have a quid pro quo kind of faith, an, an unspoken agreement with God that says, Lord, as long as you hold up your end of the bargain, I'll hold up mine. Or, and I think this is probably more likely, Lord, if I hold up my end of the bargain, you had better hold up yours. That was Satan's accusation against Job. He claimed that Job would not love God if he didn't feel God's love for him, if he didn't feel like God was scratching his back or doing him favors. So Satan challenged God to take away all the blessings God had given Job to see if Job would still love God. And then for 36 chapters, we see Satan chip away at Job's love for God. The death of his children and the loss of his health they were only the beginning. I think Satan's true stroke of genius was using Job's friends against him. We heard last week how they leaned into the quid pro quo mentality. Job, you must have been horribly sinful for God to treat you this way. He treated you badly because you treated him badly, quid pro quo. Unfortunately, Job took the bait. He corrected his friend's faulty logic and defended himself, but in the process, he stayed within the quid pro quo parameters. And, and Job's basic response was, no, I did not treat God badly. I have been nothing but good to God. Therefore, quid pro quo, God should be nothing but good to me. I did that for God. He should do this for me. I scratched his back. I held up my end of the bargain. Now it's time for him to return the favor. That's human logic. That's the way that, that we treat each other. That's not the way that God works. And thankfully, God was not standing idly by while Satan sicked Job's friends against him. God sent a friend too. His name was Helihu. He was the one who spoke the words we heard a minute ago. How great is God beyond our understanding. He does great things beyond our understanding. Are you catching the theme? Sometimes God does stuff that we will never understand. That we can never understand. And that's okay. Because God is good even when times are bad. And to help us understand... Elihu puts on his best meteorologist hat and talks about the weather, of all things. I mean, talk about something you can't count on or control. I grew up in a town where, where we referred to our local weatherman as Liar McGuire. Weather forecasts are notoriously unreliable. You, you never know exactly what's going to happen until it does. But God knows because he's the one who makes it happen. 
He's the one who draws up the drops of water which distill as rain to the streams. And, and we're left asking who can understand how he spreads out the clouds, how he thunders from his pavilion. The best meteorologists can mock up their models and, and make their best predictions, and they can get awfully close, but God knows it all because God is the one who makes it happen. We are just spectators who marvel at what God accomplishes. Have you ever just sat and, and watched a storm roll in? It can be beautiful, especially here in Alberta as you see those clouds roll over the plains and, and watch the lightning from miles away. But storms can be pretty nerve-wracking too. Do I have everything in from the yard? Are my windows closed? Do I need to cover the flowers? Will there be a flood? Will the lightning start a forest fire? Will it turn out the lights? Is this going to be a gentle rain that's, that's good for the crops? Or hail that will break windows and destroy siding and shingles? Elihu captures that uncertainty with the final words of our passage for today. He, he says, God brings the clouds to punish people? Or to water his earth and show his love. The same cloud can accomplish two very different purposes. And not only are we in the dark as to which it will be, but we are also entirely powerless to do anything about it. All we can do is wait and see. And that's the point. In the middle of our reading, Elihu states his thesis. So that everyone he has made may know his work, God stops all people from their labor. Sometimes, God takes a situation entirely out of your hands and puts you on the sidelines as a spectator in your own life to remind you who is really in control. God shatters the quid pro quo paradigm and basically says, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and it doesn't depend on you. More than that, it'll be good for you. Throughout the course of his dialogue with his friends, it becomes obvious that Job's friends saw his suffering as a punishment from God. While Job felt the opposite, Job felt as though he had earned all the blessings God had given him. He felt as if he had held up his end of the bargain by worshiping God and offering sacrifices, and now God was being unfair. God owed him quid pro quo, God. I did something for you. Now it's your turn to do something for me. But God destroys the quid pro quo mindset by stripping all control away from Job. Job was powerless to help himself. He had no cards to play, no way to twist God's arm and force his hand. All God wanted Job to do was let go. Let go of the delusion that, that we are in control of our lives. Let go of the idea that if we do something for God, he'll do something for us. Quid pro quo is a dangerous way to go because... It forgets that if God treated us the way we treat him, that'd be a really bad thing. We would have no hope whatsoever. Even Christians, and, and maybe especially Christians, 
can live life as if we own God. As if he owes us for every hour we sit here, for every good deed we do, for every donation we make, for every prayer we pray. But if God really gave back to us what we gave to him, we'd have to count all those times that we only serve him to serve ourselves. We'd have to count all the times that we don't pray to him, that we don't spend time with him, that we don't even think about him for days on end. We'd have to count the self-righteousness that feels entitled to special treatment and is shocked and appalled when God doesn't behave like our slave. Mercifully, God does not have a quid pro quo covenant with us. And that is such a good thing. Because for God, it's all quid. It's all what God does for us without a stitch of what we can do for him. And even when the clouds God sends are dark and scary, they can carry the rain that shows God's love for us. Really, that's the way you should feel every time you see the symbol of our religion. The cross is a horribly dark and cruel image. It's a symbol of death. It's a reminder of what we deserve for treating the Almighty God like our personal errand boy. But it wasn't meant for us. It was reserved for Jesus, who took on himself the punishment that we deserve for our sins. And that's the kind of God we have who breaks the quid pro quo paradigm and doesn't wait for us to give to him before he gives and gives and gives to us. He gives us his forgiveness and love. He, he overlooks a multitude of our sins and showers us with blessings. Every day we wake to new gifts of grace from his hand. And even when times are bad, God is good because he holds the cross before our eyes and reminds us who is really in control. It's the God who loves us and sent his son to save us. It can be really frustrating and really scary to feel like you have no say in what happens in your life. You, you can't control whether you get cancer or lose your job or your house, but you don't have to because God is in control. And even when the clouds are dark and scary, he always showers you with his love. So let go of the quid pro quo and let God be in control. He's great. And even though his works are sometimes beyond our understanding, they are always for our good. Thanks be to God. Amen.